0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important
1: issues. Is there a deep state that is consolidating control by capitalizing on crises? Today, Bill Federer, historian and author, explains his new book on socialism. we discern the spirits and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. It is around that time of year again. Independence Day is when we celebrate the birth of America, July 4th, 1776, when our founding fathers had a certain commission from God to help establish an independent nation with certain principles in place, which later became into the, ratified in the Constitution in 1791. Welcome to the program, Bill Federer, who is a Christian historian and a fan favorite, returning guest of our program, who has a new book on socialism. He is comparing America's greatness and the original intent of the Founding Fathers to what has become the recent politics of one particular party, we're not gonna say which one. Bill Federer, welcome to the program and uh, hold up your book there and, and tell us the title.
2: Well, thank you, Dr. Chaps. Uh, the title of the book is Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present, and the subtitle is How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control.
1: So what do you mean control? Is somebody controlling us from the deep state?
2: Right, so the most common form of government in all the world history is kings. They go by different names, Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Tsar, and as the centuries go on, the kingdoms get bigger. So you have uh, Nimrod, and then you have the Assyrians and Babylonians and Persia and then 2,000 years of Egyptian pharaohs and Indian maharajas and 5,000 years of Chinese emperors and uh, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan. But finally, the king of England was the most powerful king on the planet. Uh, the idea is that you put some kids on a playground, one is the bully hog and the ball. You put some junior high girls in a clique and one of them is the diva. You put some people in the woods, one of them is an Indian chief, put them in an inner city, one of them is a gang leader. <laughs> so it's the, it's the default setting for human government. And as the weapons improve, they can kill more people. So instead of killing with a rock, you kill with an iron weapon or a bronze or a scimitar sword or gunpowder. And uh, anyway, so America's founders decided to break away and flip it and make the people the king. The word citizen is Greek, it means co-king. And so kings have subjects who are subjected to their will. If you're friends with the king, you're more equal. You're not friends with the king, you're less equal. You're an enemy of the king, you're dead. It's called treason or you're a slave. That's That's the default setting for human government. America's founders did this unique thing, and they actually looked back to ancient Israel that first 400 years when Israel came out of Egypt before they got King Saul. It was an anomaly in world history where you had millions of people and no king and it worked because every citizen was taught the law and they were personally accountable to God to follow the law. And it worked for 400 years until the priests stopped teaching the law and every man did what was right in their own eyes turns into chaos and they all go to Samuel the prophet and they said, we want to be like the other countries. We want a king. And uh, anyway, so America's founding fathers, particularly in colonial New England, looked back to this Hebrew Republic period as the model. And they even taught uh, Hebrew at Yale and Harvard and so forth. Um, But I I contrast that with socialism, which is basically a sales job back to dictatorship. And if you like, I can get into that.
1: Well, I I wanna be clear. um, You're saying that the founding fathers when they wrote into the Constitution, for example, uh, Article One, Article Two, Article Three, that we have three branches of government. I'm gonna hold my hands up so people can see, three branches of government. That was modeled on the Bible and the Hebrew government before King Saul? Right, so Moses went to the
2: people and said, uh, um, uh, how can I uh, rule all the people alone? He says, take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I'll make them rulers over you. It was an election process with, you know the people in your tribe that hate covetousness, they're honest and so forth, and they brought them to vote. So every town had a meeting place. It was called a synagogue. The word synagogue means meeting place. And they would learn the law there, but they would also choose their city elders. And these elders would sit at the gates and they were the government. It wasn't, uh, you know, the king sending a representative to the town saying, I'm in charge, right? It was the people bottom up. And that was the, what our founders looked toward. It was a self-government and the purpose of the government was to guarantee your God-given rights and you cared for your neighbor, not because the government was redistributing stuff, but because you were accountable to God. And Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. And Moses said, be nice to the stranger because you were once a stranger in Egypt. And so this was a voluntary form of caring for your neighbor versus socialism, which is a involuntary, and every socialist system winds up with uh, a deep state that, okay, everybody's equal, great. Who decides who lives in the nice house and who lives in the
1: dumpy house? Uh, Somebody in the government dictates those
2: things. Well, whoever dictates those things is the dictator.
1: Well, I just wanna compare the American form of government Uh, which which has a Congress, for example, God is a legislator and God makes the laws, Uh, a a president or an executive branch where the king sort of executes or administrates the laws and a judicial branch where independent judges will judge the people when they bring complaints before them. Uh, God is a judge, God is a king, God is a legislator. So all three parts of the American government are ultimately a reflection of God.
2: Right, you read through the different uh, colonial writers, and they would quote uh, Isaiah 33:22, it says, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, the Lord is our judge. Um, I-, I use a little illustration to teach the Constitution. I'm one of 11 kids, and I remember coming in one time, and my little brother and I were about to fight over the last brownie in the pan that my mom had cooked. <laughs> and um, my mom says, well, one of you cuts it, and the other gets to pick the first piece. Well, the one cutting it doesn't know which piece he's going to get. So he wants to cut it exactly equal it works really good unless you did it with my little brother because he spit on him and got both pieces <laughs> of, course, of course i punched him but imagine a big brownie three hungry boys you give me to job the first one is to trace out on the brownie where it's going to be cut he doesn't yep. know which piece he's going to end up with so he wants to trace them exactly equal second one's job is to take the knife and actually execute it and cut the brownie he doesn't know which piece <laughs> he's going to eventually has he wants to cut it equal third one's job is to judge and see who gets which piece so you have their Greedy hungry tummy causing them to be honest. It was a stroke of genius. It was like a Sunday school teacher giving an assignment, design a system of government where sinners keep other sinners from sinning. Uh, that's what our, our constitution is. It's a way that everybody is selfish. And so let's pit the selfishness in each branch against each other.
1: So divided and, uh, powers and, and anyway, democracy is better than having a dictatorship. How does socialism wanna bring us back to a dictatorship? You're saying we're going back to the old ways. Right, so Plato said that uh, democracy
2: starts off nice. Demos means people, crossing means rule. In a democracy, the people rule. And the chief characteristic of a democracy is tolerance. Everybody tolerates each other. It's wonderful, like a bazaar, like an embroidery patchwork. Everybody gets along. And then they tolerate people that are a little bit off. Then they tolerate people that are a lot off. So finally, they're tolerating crooks and crime and fraud, and broad daylight, violence and looting, and, and it turns into lawlessness. And everybody panics and says, we need someone to come along and fix this mess. And that's when some governor comes along and he says, I can fix it. I just need some emergency powers. And he's all smiles and he says, I'm gonna take away your freedoms, but I'm doing this to protect you. And when the dust settles, he stands up in the chariot of state holding the reins of power and he's revealed as the tyrant. And Plato says this tyrant is going to institute structure. But democracy is unstructured. This guy's gonna bring in structure and he's the head of gold. His deep state administrated ruling class are the arms and chest of silver. And everyone else is the abdomen of iron and bronze. They are the ruled class. So socialism is a structured society of a ruling class and a ruled class. It, the and ruling they're class going to, is above the law.
1: They're They're gonna cut the brownie a different way and keep most of it for themselves. The big government tends to. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Bill Federer will explain how socialism is now taking over in America.
3: Hello everyone, I'm Mike Lindell, and I wanna tell everyone to get behind Dr. Chap's ministry here and his program, and you can do that by using, going to MyPillow.com, using the promo code, PrayNews, and you're gonna save up to 66% on all my products. But more importantly, a, mo- a lot of that money is gonna go back to support. Dr. Chaps and this programming, and it's—I uh, just can't tell you enough. To get people to Jesus is so important, and to have ministries like this is—is that it's just absolutely amazing. Thanks to your support, you've helped make My Pillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped My Pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got My Pillow. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm gonna pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six-piece <laughs> towel says, regular $109.99, now only $44.98. Or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com.
0: Take
1: action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I wanna invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit
0: PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist, here is Dr. Chaps
1: welcome back in a socialist society. The government attributes to itself supernatural emergency powers like you 're seeing maybe in America in the last in the last uh, year and a half. Uh, emergency powers can almost never be rescinded from a tyrant, says Bill Federer, who has written a book called Socialism. Bill, uh, remind us again, what's the subtitle of your book and hold it up.
2: Sure, it's called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. The subtitle is how the deep state capitalizes on crises to consolidate control.
1: And you can get that at AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com, and also subscribe to his email alerts. They're fantastic. Go ahead and explain your book. Sure, so
2: socialism is a sales job for dictatorship. It's a bait and switch culturally. And if you think of it, imagine if older fish could tell younger fish to stay away from shiny things dangling in the water, like a fishing hook, but they can't. So every new generation of younger fish sees this shiny thing, they're attracted to it. Socialism is a shiny thing dangling in the water. Free food, free clothes, free education, free healthcare. free is attractive. The only free. problem is there's a hook there. and uh there's a great quote from uh gerald ford he says the government that's big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take away everything you have yeah and so that's the dilemma there's a saying whoever controls the purse strings has the power so what happens is okay everybody's equal we're all going to have the same amount of stuff but but who is the government person that is going to be doing the redistributing And this person will end up sort of liking his job because everybody wants to come to him and ask for stuff. And he will be tempted to be discretionary and funnel the benefits toward those who support him being in power because he likes his job. And he's going to be tempted to want to take away the benefits from those that are wanting to challenge his power and even become oppressive to them. And so it's this, it always turns up where the ruling deep state and then it becomes political and there's always some political boss that ends up usurping power in this group and they are the dictator. And if you cross them, they kill you. It, it's inevitable, it always happens. And so, uh, so anyway, so, so socialism is a sales job for dictatorship.
1: So I wanna ask, uh, can you apply this to modern politics? It, assuming that Joe Biden won the election, right? <laughs> And that's a big assumption for some people to make. I understand that. Uh, but he's implementing now many of the policies for which Bernie Sanders had advocated, for which Kamala Harris, which is the vice president, was further to the left in her Senate career than Bernie Sanders was, and they're helicoptering money out 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 on the crowds, right? These stimulus bills are you know massive paychecks and and the stimulus that they wanna, you know, distribute free money to everybody they can. The problem is that causes inflation. We've seen now almost the doubling of prices in commodities, uh, not just gasoline, but wheat, uh, pork bellies. Everything is going up because the dollar is becoming worthless. Is that a taxation on the poor in the long run?
2: Right, so a drug dealer can take over a neighborhood two ways. He can come in with guns and shoot people, or he can give away free drugs and get everybody hooked. And then it says, do you want to continue to get these drugs? Well, you've got to sell your body into prostitution. You've got to steal. You've got to do this, that, and the other. Socialism can take over a country two ways. They can come, with, come in with tanks and kill people, or they can give away free stuff. And get everybody dependent, and then they once everybody's dependent, they say, "Do you want to continue to get this free stuff?" Well, you've got to take a shot. You've got to get a vaccine passport. You got to do this. You got to do this. They lead you along until finally you're owned, and it it's inevitable. It, it always works this way. And the um, and so in this book, I go through how the, you know the first invention ever was the plow. Cain was a tiller of the soil, and people started hitting each other with it. They turned it into weapons, and then people gravitated together for protection. And when you get people together, somebody's a little better at knowing how to fight than the rest. And everybody goes to them and says, you be our captain. You know, like in the Bible, they went to, was it, Jephthah, and they said, hey, you be our captain. And, uh, and you, you win. That's good. But then this captain has kids and grandkids, and they begin to consider themselves a special family, a political family. And everybody wants to butter up to them, and everybody, and, and they claim to be extra special, and it turns into a mob, turns into a gang, and everybody has to kiss up to them, or they will ostracize you, kick you out of town, or kill you. And so it turns into kings. And so it's this, that's the normal trend, but there are politicians that wanna speed it along. You think, what do you mean? Well, they wanna intentionally create crises. And there's actually a Bible example of this. There's uh, Gideon had an illegitimate son named Abimelech. Now Gideon had just defeated 100,000 Midianites and there was peace, but Abimelech goes and he sows discord, he goes to the town of Shechem and he says, why should the sons of Gideon reign over you? Remember, I am your flesh and your bone. So he invents identity race politics. And the people of Shechem says, well, we should support him because he is our brother. And then they take 70 pieces of silver from the temple of Balbarath, and he hires Antifa rioters. And they go (laughs) to the house of Gideon and they kill all the sons of Gideon and the men of Shechem make Abimelech king. So here's this idea, you go into a country, you stir up this discord, you hire rioters, and then in the chaos, you usurp power. Uh, This was also, um, you know, 100,000 years later, Machiavelli, and he lived in Italy.
1: It reminds me of the summer of 2020 here in America.
2: Yes, so um, Italy in the 1500s was a bunch of city-states. Venice, Genoa, Naples, Florence, Siena, and they all had armies and navies and fought. And Machiavelli thought if one prince could control all of Italy, it would stop the infighting. He writes a book called The Prince, where he advocates the ends justifies the means. The end of one prince controlling all of Italy is such a good end, because it'll stop the infighting, that any means necessary to get there is justified. Light, cheese steel. So if a prince conquers a city, the people of that city would hate him. But if the prince pays criminals takes money from the temple of Baalberith, hires the Antifa riot, and these criminals riot and smash windows and set barns on fire and kill cows. The people will panic and they'll beg for someone to come in. This prince will come in and get rid of the very criminals that he bribed to create the crisis. Nobody will know the better for it and everyone will praise the prince as a hero. So it's good marketing. You create the need and fill it. You go around the back of the house and set it on fire. Then you go around the front of the house and sell them a fire extinguisher. They'll pay anything for it and even thank you for being there. So it's called Machiavellianism, where you create or capitalize on crises to consolidate control. More recently, you've heard the quote, never let a good crisis go to waste. It's an opportunity to do those things you never thought you could do before. So you and I go through a crisis. Our response is, how can we help people? Ambitious politicians see a crisis. Their response is, how can we usurp power away from the people during this
1: crisis? So. That is the subtitle of your book, basically consolidating power by taking advantage of crises. I'll let you give us the full title of your new book, Socialism, when we come back from this short break. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. How can you discern the thoughts in your own mind from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or from angels or from invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us on this show talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe you know that I wrote my PhD dissertation entitled How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. And it's all about this important topic of receiving the gift of discerning of spirits. How can you discern the thoughts that come to you? How do you know to learn, to hear the voice of God and discern that from the demonic voice which tempts us to sin. Well, this is an important skill and it will change your ministry. It'll change your life, which is why we've created now not just a book, but a 17 part video Bible study on a four disc DVD set that we would like to send to you and your church and your family and your small group. This important Bible study series goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John How did Jesus discern the spirits? How did the Apostle Paul discern the spirits? What does the Old Testament say about demons and the Holy Spirit and angels? When you learn to discern, it will transform your life and your ministry. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource. Or call us toll free at 866-ObeyGod. And for a suggested donation of $99, we'll give you the entire 17 part Bible study series for just $99. And if you order today, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit our website, prayinjesusname.org, or call us toll free at 866 Obey God. Get this important Bible study series for your family. Call today. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years, but now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to a 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give a $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website or you can call us at 866-Obey-GOD. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today.
0: Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm joined for one more segment by Bill Federer, a Christian historian who's written so many important books. Bill, mention some of the other titles and uh, how do people buy your books?
2: Uh, well, uh, this one is Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present. Uh, the website's AmericanMinute.com, and I have America's God and Country, Encyclopedia Quotations. That is a book of God and Country quotes, uh, sold a half a million copies. book on the history of Islam, uh, whatever American needs to know about the Quran. Uh, I collected a, a whole book on the quotes from FDR, and believe it or not, he's talking Bible. He's talk, He passed out Gideon's New Testaments, and uh, he was a liberal back then, but since then, the left and the right has moved so far to the left that his quotes are actually on the right. Um, and the um, oh, there's a book on the history of income tax prior to the Civil War. There was none, and uh, but it's sort of a, a lot of different things. George Washington Carver even a book on holidays and Saint Patrick's history and uh, you know Saint Nicholas's history. And uh, but this this current one is Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present, subtitle is How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control.
1: So I think over 30 books now you've written, they're all available at AmericanMinute.com. Okay, Bill, we have just about four minutes left. Bring us home on your latest book, Socialism.
2: So after World War II, Germany, France and England gave independence to their former colonies and they formed brand new countries and they elected brand new leaders. Albania, Romania, India and Egypt, And it looked hopeful, except the Soviet Union decided to send KGB agents into these countries and identify groups. Ethnically, Bosnian, Croat, Serbs, religiously, Sunni, Shia, Orthodox, economically, racially, didn't matter, and they would break them into groups of victims and oppressors, haves and have-nots. It's based on Karl Marx's critical theory. They would call it critical economic theory, critical race theory. didn't matter. Their idea was to break them into groups and pit them against each other. And so they would organize protests that they would escalate into riots and violence. and once your friend gets killed, all reason goes out the window, and you're emotionally invested, and then it turns into uh, domestic uh, discord, and then they, bri- they um, bribe and threaten the media to blame the leader of the country for all of the problems. And then they nurture weak links in the military. And when the country gets panicky and confused enough, they do a coup or a rigged election and replace the leader with a Soviet puppet. And then the violence suddenly stops. And, and then everybody gets normalized. But when the dust settles, they realize they just gave up their freedom. And now they're ruled by a Soviet puppet. 45 countries felt the communism this way. Uh, the uh, Truman does nothing, he thinks the United Nations will bring world peace, but the next president's Eisenhower, and he's faced with Iran siding with the Soviet Union and nationalizing their oil industry. You think, big deal, wait a second, Britain has no oil. So in 1908, they formed the Anglo-Iranian Oil Company. You know it better as BP. And so when Iran nationalized it and took control of it, Britain's out of oil, so they appealed to Eisenhower, who approves the first CIA operation to overthrow a country's leaders, Operation Ajax. The CIA operative on the ground is Kermit Roosevelt Jr., the grandson of Teddy Roosevelt. He does the same thing in reverse. He goes to Tehran and he organizes mobsters and gangsters and they've staged riots and protests and attack mosques. And they co-opt the media with bribes and threats to blame Mazadek for all the problems. And when the country gets panicky enough, they put Mazadek under house arrest, lock him away for the rest of his life where he dies, and they install the Shah, who loved America and he had a rightful claim to the throne beforehand. But the CIA did the same thing in Guatemala, 1954, Congo, 1960, Dominican Republic, Chile, Vietnam, even Brazil. Uh, 1973, uh, So this idea, uh, and then the KGB did the same thing with Brezhnev helping Yasser Arafat to start the PLO and Brezhnev helping Castro take over Cuba and hundreds of coup attempts in Latin South America and in Africa. This is called the Cold War. These tactics have been perfected. We just are now seeing them being used on our own soil.
1: Well, Bill, we have just, uh, again, a minute and a half left. Uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna get the summary. What is, how does this apply to modern politics? Right, so let's look at the COVID response. The first thing was what? Let criminals
2: out of jail. I mean, who does that? And then crime goes up, duh, you let them out. And then some people feel unsafe in the big cities and they move out. Who? Well, maybe families. Those that can afford to move out, okay, those people, pro-family, a little bit of money, they tend to be Republican. Who's left in the city? More people dependent on government entitlements and benefits. Okay, they tend to belong to a different political party. And then the leaders of the city allow rioting and looting of businesses, and then the COVID response is to shut down the businesses. And so pro-business people move out of the city. Uh, They're usually belonging to that first political party. And then they shut down churches where social conservatives gather. And then they let schools out where these kids that have been indoctrinated with Hate America and Howard Zinn's People's Sister of the United States and the 1619 Project, and they riot. And the net COVID response is more people of one political party move out of the big cities, leaving the other political party with a monopoly on city politics. And in presidential election years, whoever wins the counties in those big city areas wins the state and whoever wins the state gets all the electoral votes for the state and the president is elected by electoral votes. There is a clear political advantage to one party in the COVID response.
1: So we're out of time, but that's why you should never vote for socialism. Uh, My guest has been Bill Federer, his website, AmericanMinute.com. Our website is prayinjesusname.org again prayinjesusname.org happy independence day everybody if you need prayer call us at 866 obey god we'll see you next time today i want to invite you to sign an important petition to congress to protect military chaplains especially their right to pray publicly in jesus name if you remember my story You know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.